What is up? What is going on, my people? How y'all doing today? Man, this is an early Saturday morning. I know I'm behind, but brother been working so. But the whole time I've been formulating all that I'm going to talk about today. This is the Couch Potato Podcast. We're on episode six, and we still here. And also, we don't have a president yet. My name is Daydrin. We're in Houston, Texas, by way of Katie. And a lot to cover today. Talk about week eight of football. We're going to talk about college. We're going to talk about basketball. You know, there have been some changes. We're going to talk about baseball. And also going to talk about who is the greatest of all time in college basketball, men's and women. So, let's dive right into it. <clears throat> so, I want to know, last week I talked about how, you know, how are parents doing during this pandemic, but how are your children doing? I mean, my four and soon-to-be one-year-old, they, they don't care. They just live in their best life. My 13-year-old, she don't like it as much because she don't get to hang out with her friends, kind of like us as adults. We don't get to hang out with our friends either. And because we have her staying staying home to do schoolwork, obviously she wants to go to class and be around people, whatever. But we had to explain to her like you could literally die. You know, not to not to not to try to scare her in a way, but we have to give her the reality of the worst case scenario that could happen. And I know for any parent. We can't live our lives thinking like, oh, you know, what are we going to do or whatever. We have to tell our children the truth, regardless if they like it or not. You know, me growing up, I'm pretty sure my wife can probably say the same. We weren't always given the truth, so to speak. It was always, you know, oh, don't worry about it or that's none of your business you know, but we've we've evolved as parents to uh, understand, like, no, we didn't let our children know what's going on, what's real, so they have a better understanding of it. Not to scare them or anything, but, hey, it's life. But she does get to hang out with her brother and sister, although that's not always fun for her. And, you know, we hang out with her, too, me and my wife. All right. Again, excuse it being early Saturday morning, but I had I, got, I had to get it done because in a couple of days I'm going to be doing the next episode. So we're going to talk about the NFL Week 8, including the Thursday night game. Falcons beating the Panthers 25-17. Honestly, I thought that the Panthers was going to come back and win. And I know that I don't live in Georgia, so I don't, you know, I really don't talk about certain states or certain cities, sports teams, not on purpose, but I live in Houston, in Texas, so I'm mainly probably going to talk about Texas sports because we the best. Falcons won 25-17. Not really a whole lot to take from that except that they almost blew it. But Teddy Bridgewater, he, I think they may have a chance to get in the playoffs. 
a better chance than Atlanta do. Cowboys and Eagles. Oh, and I just want to go on record and say the Texans still lost even on their bye week. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> go Texans, right? <clears throat> Next, talk about the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys lost 9-23 to to the Philadelphia Eagles. That game, it was like whoever wins gets the lead in the division, and whoever loses still is in the lead in the division. Because I'm pretty sure Philly's going to mess up and lose against Washington football team or the New York football giants. And then it'll be like a, another tie. Like the, the only saving grace for the Eagles is that they have a tie. And they could easily win. Well, not easily, but it's a toss-up between all four teams. Ain't that something? All four teams have a chance to win a division with a losing record and host a home game. <clears throat> Next, Steelers and the Ravens. Steelers won 28-24. What happened in that game was turnovers. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. You turn the ball over. You're going to lose the game. This is not too many times where you turn the ball over four times and the team wins the game unless you're the Cowboys. Because I believe Carson Wentz turned the ball over a couple of times as well and couldn't capitalize because they didn't have a quarterback. Still don't have a quarterback. I could probably play quarterback. I'm kidding. I can't. My arm is not as strong as it used to be as far as throwing the football goes. But Steelers pulled it out. That was one of the Better games. Steelers are still undefeated. Ravens, you know, they minimize turnovers. You know, they, they win that game. So we'll see in their second, their next meeting. Next, we got the Rams and the Dolphins. Tua's first start. I know it was the first game, and there was an expectation of him. But he was in a position where he didn't have to do as much. Kind of like what he did in Alabama. I mean, yeah, he made plays, but when you got four receivers, you can throw the ball to. It's more of like when the defense comes up there, pick your poison, who you want to double? Because they got Devontae Smith. They had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, <clears throat> Jerry Judy, and Harry Ruggs III. Henry, Henry Ruggs III, I'm sorry. If y'all hear me cough or clear my throat, I let my four-year-old cough in my face and – I think she gave me a cold. I do not have the corona clap. Praise God for that. Next, Bills and Patriots. The Patriots are struggling and with no help at all. No help at receiver. No help at tight end. Cam is really playing like he did in Carolina. He didn't really have any help. He didn't ever have no big-name receiver outside of Steve Smith, and he was on the back end of his career. Next, the Raiders and the Browns. I know I've been saying a lot about Baker Mayfield, but isn't it just crazy how, like, he's not that good, and he's the number one pick. I didn't think he was that good to get a number one pick to begin with. But, you know, that's why... I'm doing these podcasts, and he's out there on the football field because apparently someone thinks he's good, but he's not. Then one of the intriguing games was the Saints and the Bears. 
I thought that game, I thought the Bears were going to win, but they showed what they do. Found a way to lose. Then you got 49ers and Seahawks. Russell Wilson's playing at the MVP level. I think maybe his height is what's hindering him, but who knows. But they beat the 49ers 37-27. In the Monday night football game, the Buccaneers and the Giants. What is up with the Giants that always give Tom Brady trouble? Like, they were literally playing with house money and still almost won the game. But Daniel Jones is still young. He's making he's going to make mistakes, just like any other first or second-year quarterback, unless you're Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I went there again. I'm sorry. Cleveland fans, y'all just recently got a championship with LeBron. Baker Mayfield ain't LeBron. How, how Baker Mayfield got more com commercials than he got total wins in the league? In the Thursday night football game, the Packers won, I believe, 34-17. That was a Thursday night game. Y'all know this is Saturday, Saturday morning, so I had to talk about that as well. Um, 49ers, they're not the team that they were last year because they don't have the, all the players that they had from last year. A lot of injuries and things like that. You know, not having a preseason, it, it's a lot that goes into, hey, this, this COVID has, this pandemic has, has had everybody up in shambles. But, hey, life must go on. So, before we switch topics, I got to talk about who's contending and who's pretending. Tell you who's, who's pretending. It's the Bears. It's the Browns, and I'm going to say it's the Bills. Yep, I think the Bills are pretending. I mean, yeah, it's cool. You beat Cam Newton. You beat a team that's depleted as well, and I got players that's opted out. But I'm, I'm still not convinced that they are some contenders for the playoffs, even make a run at the Super Bowl. But who I think is contending is the Arizona Cardinals. Like, Kyler Murray is playing for for his time. I think this is his second year in the league. Yeah, I believe this is the second year in the league. And, man, this dude here is, like, playing a video game. And then they didn't make it no better than the Texans. <laughs> Gave up arguably their best player on the team. And so still has Larry Fitzgerald. <coughs> Excuse me. Still has Larry Fitzgerald. Added Christian Kirk. And now you get the best receiver in the league. In my opinion, he's the best receiver in the league. And you put him with a guy who, who had CeeDee Lamb in college. And he's putting up numbers. He, he's not necessarily at an MVP level just yet, but he'll get there in time. There's nothing you can do about it. So, let's talk about a young lady by the name of Darnella Frazier. 
she received the Courage Award for recording the George Floyd getting choked out and dying on camera. And there's an uproar. And a lot of what I've heard from the colonizers is that instead of her recording, she should have been helping out. I don't like to call people stupid. I don't like to call people idiots. But come on. There were three police officers that was right there watching. You mean to tell me they couldn't help? They couldn't do anything? They couldn't say anything? But you mad at her because she got a courage award? Because no, it needs to be seen that how we get treated as African Americans. We get treated as blacks. Oh, she should have did this. She should have did that. No, she did the right thing. She showed that how we get treated, how we get mistreated, and y'all are upset because she recorded or she should have put the camera down and she should have went up to render aid or she should have called the police or she should have called the ambulance. Again, there were three police officers that was right there. Why they didn't call? Oh, the police were doing their job. Really? So, one police officer who, by the way, has been, they've been getting complaints in Minnesota for 15 years. 15. And no one thought to take his job from him. But y'all mad because she recorded a police officer who was in the wrong because apparently maybe his body cam wasn't working. Who knows? Probably was working. He probably just turned it off so because he, he think he wouldn't get in trouble. Oh, but you on camera, buddy. You need to be locked up. The evidence shows. Don't care what kind of first, second, third degree murder you try to try to try to limit his time in jail. No, he murdered a man for no apparent reason. And the fact that he was yelling out for his mother, saying that saying that he couldn't breathe, and you just got your knee in his neck. But she she should have dialed the ambulance. It was again there were three other police officers right there. They did nothing. So we all, America, had to watch a man die. A man had to lose his life, lose his family. And here, they want to give praise and let the police officer basically walk. Because that's, that's probably what's going to end up happening. Just call it like it is. And if you do, hey, they may burn another precinct in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. Wouldn't be surprised. Like, us as African Americans, we're tired of being bullied. We're tired of being pushed around and things like that. And let me say this and go on record. We are not our ancestors. We will not stand around and sit back and be purposely bullied because you feel like we're up to something. No. All blacks are criminals. Well, all police officers aren't bad police officers, so the good ones need to step up and talk about the bad ones. All right, college football. Let's move on. Trevor Lawrence has the COVID. And the game against Notre Dame is in jeopardy. So much so that he's not even playing in the game today. But, you know, they still held on and, and beat. They, they still held on and won their game. I'm sorry for the pause. 
They won 34-28 from DJ Uga Agalale. First start. I think I said it right. It didn't look good at first, but they 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 pulled it out. They did what Clemson does. They put the clamps down on on the Golden Eagles of Boston College. Go Boston. Not in this situation. Next, we got the Texas Longhorns, who beat the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So, because the <coughs> excuse me, so because the Longhorns beat Oklahoma State, no one from the Big Twelve is getting in the college playoff. I guarantee, because Texas is probably going to lose somebody. Oklahoma State may end up losing to Oklahoma. And then there you have it. No one from the Big 12 is getting in. The game of the week was the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Penn State Nittany Lions. I thought that game would have been a little bit better than what I've seen. But Justin Fields is probably going to win Heisman. Not going to say he should have won it last year. But he should definitely be a top candidate to win it this year. In the words of Charles Barkley, I guarantee Justin Fields is probably going to win Heisman. So what would the playoff look like if Clemson loses to Notre Dame? I don't know. I think they can still get in. It's possible. It's more than likely. It's more than likely that that would happen. They'll get in. Also, we're gonna talk about Tua's little brother in Maryland. First off, he left Alabama and went to Maryland, and that was a quarterback battle. If anybody watched QB One Beyond the Lights, the quarterback from Louisiana and Tua's brother went went you know. Battled out amongst a co- probably a couple other quarterbacks to get that starting job. But the Turks look good out there. Tua's brother looked good out there. 26 for 35, 394, three touchdowns. I think he ran one in as well. Should be interesting. So, going to talk about probably a sensitive subject that no one wants to talk about, no one wants to have a conversation. I would love to have a conversation with anybody who's willing to sit down and have a Civil conversation about why whites hate blacks so much. Like, why do you hate us? Why do you hate our very existence? We just want the same opportunity as you. We just want equal rights. That's the, that's our whole purpose. We don't we don't hate you all. We don't even seek revenge. We just want equality. Think about that. After all the crap that y'all put us through, through slavery, through Jim Crow laws, through not allowing us to vote, even up until today, like, what what's the hate spewing from? Because we look better, which is true. Probably because we dance better, which is true. Because we're smarter, Definitely true. So, because I believe 
that they don't want us to recognize our true potential. And so once we realize our true potential, they, they, they're they afraid of, of that. They're afraid of an educated black man or educated black woman. It is what it is. Because they think that they can get it just because their name is John, Tom, or Harry. Nah. We, we deserve the same opportunity as everybody else. Because it's supposed to be the land of opportunity, right? But the opportunity is given to the ones who have an opportunity or who get the opportunity. And it shouldn't be based off of what someone's name is. Like, I remember seeing this picture of, I think it's four or five white guys sitting at a table. And what's under the table is black men holding the table up. And it said in the caption, if all, if all we could do was just stand up, we can recognize our true potential. But we was bent over. Come on now. Don't hate us because we're beautiful. Don't hate us because we're smart. Actually sit down and have conversations with us. That I believe that once we have conversations and look from the perspective of listening to understand where we're coming from, not listening to respond or react or to try to spew hate, then I think we would probably be in a better place. Like, I'm not saying that white people don't experience things. I'm not saying that Hispanics, Asians, whatever ethnic descent you come from, ethnic background you come from, listen to, under, listen to understand where, where they're coming from. Look at it from their view, not trying to be like, oh, why does she have to have beautiful hair? Why didn't my hair do that? Probably because she worked for it and she paid for it on her own or her husband or her daddy paid for it or whoever. Like, we are entitled or why does she have a Cadillac? I can't afford a Cadillac. Well, probably because she got a degree in whatever field of study that she wanted to do and she makes good money. Like, that, that's crazy, like, because we drive a nice car, we shouldn't get stopped and pulled over because you assume that we shouldn't be driving that kind of vehicle because you don't have that vehicle. Well, maybe that person was a good steward over their money, and you weren't. Doesn't change the fact that they can drive whatever they choose to drive, especially if it's paid off, or even if they are making payments. Still, we all are entitled to drive what we want to drive, live where we want to live, and whatever a community and things like that, that is our choice. It's not for you to decide, oh, you shouldn't have this or you shouldn't have that. Please, stop the hate. The person that's in office already hates us. And for him to come on TV and say he's the least racist, so you're admitting that there is a race problem. But you're not doing anything to try to just, uh, just I mean, you're not doing anything to try to, to try to make it better. You're just like, oh, I'm the... Under this racist person up here on the panel. Sure about that, buddy? Because all you did was expose how people have been feeling about us, which we've already known for centuries, even millennials. Yeah, millennials. Millenniums, I'm sorry. So please, stop the hate. 
And then what's, what's crazy is that if you call yourself, again, I'm, I've said this before, if you call yourself a Christian and you hate people, matter of fact, I'll even go even further. Whatever religion you associate yourself with that, that causes you to hate people, you shouldn't be a part of that religion or you shouldn't be a part of that lifestyle. And that goes for the black Muslims too. I mean, I understand you want the same respect as everybody else, but if it's telling you to, to hate the white man and things like that, I don't want to be a part of that either. So, baseball, yes, it's over now. But, you know, there's some vacancies that need to be filled. <coughs> Excuse me. A.J. Hinch has got a job. Now that the season is over with, he's going to be the manager of the Tigers. And Tony La Russa is coming out of retirement again. Or did he ever just say he really was retired? I don't know. I feel like there's a Jordan thing going on. Anyway, so he's um, the manager of the White Sox, which means the AL Central will get a little more interesting. Kansas City has fallen back into... What they, what they were before they got their World Series. But who's going to contend next year out of the AL and NL? Mm, Yankees will be back. Probably. They're probably going to pay another batter or a pitcher to come play for them. The Astros, well, it depends if they sign George Springer and Michael Brantley back or either or. Depends on who they sign back. Um, Oakland will be back. Cleveland, I don't know. The White Sox, I believe, are a team to take a look at in the AL. Oakland, maybe. I don't know. I, Oakland just seems a team that always seems to fall off. Like, I know they got that ring in, what, 90? 89, 90, around that time? Who knows? The NL is, is stacked. Don't know who to pick. Let's hope the Phillies get better. They signed Bryce Harper. And they didn't even make the playoffs. Um, but the Braves going to be good. The Nationals may be back in contention. But the NL Central, you got the Cubs. The Cardinals are always competing. You got the Milwaukee Brewers. They're always competing. Cincinnati may be on the come up. They got into the playoffs. Even won the wild card game. So, since we're talking about baseball and we know the World Series just ended, what are some of the best fall classics you've watched? Or World Series have you watched? For me, um, it goes back to 93. You know, Astros and Dodgers in 2017 was a good series to watch. I'm just going to throw out the, the whole cheating scandal thing like that. And honestly, if if you Darvish doesn't pitch that second inning, or even or even if he doesn't pitch in that game at all, might, that might have been a different result. 
because once they brought in Clayton Kershaw in the, in the, the second inning, Astros didn't score after that. But they were already up 5-0. And that's kind of one of those things in, in, in baseball. Some teams crack under pressure. Some teams fold when a lead seems insurmountable. Five runs, team can come back from that. But it was just like the life was sucked out of, out of the Dodgers in game seven. Even though I think they scored a couple of runs, but it didn't even matter. Like their 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 souls were taking. Um, another series was the Indians and the Cubs. That 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 World Series was pretty good. And I'm not saying only because the Cubs won it, but it was definitely an intrigue. And I'm one of the people like I watch baseball during the season, but during the postseason it gets so interesting. Like you you gotta keep your eyes glued to it because especially with fans in the, in the in the stands. Like, it makes it a huge difference. The fact that the Cubs won with their young team, not so young now, they're probably middle-aged compared to baseball standards. Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, um, Javier Baez, all those guys. That was a good series to watch. And going back to the 2011 Cardinals and Rangers, man, that kept me on my toes watching it, just just to see the back and forth. Ron Washington over there patting his feet in the dugout, trying to get his runners home and things like that. It was funny. It was hilarious, and I loved it. And the last one that there I didn't understand, but I understand now after rewatching it, was the Blue Jays and the Phillies. Joe Carter. Walk off home run to win the World Series, doing flips is such an amazing thing. Um, I've often debated, like, what's what's better, a walk off home run or a game winning shot. For me, I've always said the walk off home run, only because you get to enjoy the moment, no matter if it's in the postseason, the regular season, a walk off home run, where you walk off. And, of course, obviously you have to run the bases. But when you walk off and and because, obviously, you're the home team, how the fans get into it, the crowd gets into it, and you get to take your time, so to speak. And when you get to home plate, all your teammates are ready to greet you, high fives, water, whatever they do. Like, it's the most awesome thing I've, I've seen in my entire life, a walk-off home run. So, I'm going to shift real quick to boxing. Javante Davis, Tank Davis, six-round knockout on Leo De Los Santos with a mean uppercut. Like, once you see the uppercut, you're like, oof. Oof. That was nasty. It was nasty. And, you know, in boxing, it's the one that you don't see coming. It's the one that that hurt the most. Just ask George Foreman. And Regis Progray. Shout out to Regis Progray. Um, I didn't even know he lost. That's just how you know the pandemic has had everybody up in shambles. I didn't know he had lost a, a match against, I believe, Josh Taylor. But um, he, he redeemed himself in the third round TKO against Juan Herodes. I thought, you know, like I said, I didn't even know he lost, but he's on the come up. Be looking out for Regis Progray. He um, 
he's from uh, New Orleans, and he came over to Houston. Him and his sister and some of his family came over from New Orleans to, you know, obviously for a better life. And, you know, he took up boxing, hanging around the Charlo brothers. So, that... So so give him a shout out. If y'all see him boxing, man, check him out. He's good. He's as good as advertised. So give him his props. So um quick question. Who is the commander in chief? Is it 45? Or is it old school Joe? They still count votes. We don't know. I guess we'll find out. Next, all right, NBA season, offseason is here, and obviously we're waiting on the draft and free agency, and we just, you know, you know, with the when is, when is the restart going to happen, which we do have a date set, the restart, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but the Rockets hired Steven Silas as their coach, and there are a lot of people that are upset about like who is this guy? He only played a couple of minutes in in college. He was a bench warmer. You know, he was he's only been an assistant assistant to the regional manager, assistant to to the head coach. And let's just give him a chance. Let's just give him a shot. That that that's all we can do. Cuz we felt the same way about Steve Kerr which I still think the 2015 championship still belongs to Mark Jackson. That was his team because he changed the culture. But, you know, Steve Kerr was the coach at the time, so. But we gave we say, we gave Steve Kerr a chance. We gave all these former NBA players a chance to coach. So let, let's give him a chance. Let's not, you know. And then what's crazy is that the black community was like, well, I don't, we don't even know who this dude is, and uh, we could have got somebody better. Well, you got to look at it. Would that coach be the right fit? Because Steven Silas, again, he's young. You know, he, obviously he's been an assistant. And regardless of what his credentials are, apparently he's a good fit because – well, I'm not, well, not going to say he's a good fit. But apparently he's, he's good enough to, to get a coaching gig. And he obviously he has to cater to his two stars and build around that. My first thing would be to get rid of the small ball. You know, don't waste these last couple of prime years of James Harden and Westbrook. And Daryl Morey is the Sixers GM. So what does that say about Elton Brand? I don't know. I think Elton Brand should still be able to make some decisions and have a say so what goes on with the with the uh, team, and I often wondered why Tobias Harris keeps getting traded and things like that. Why not? Why he's not staying? You see why? Because they signed him and didn't keep Jimmy Butler. And where did they, and where did they get them? First round knockout. And can I say this also? Josh Richardson, wherever you are, if you're listening to this, if you ever decide to listen to this, bro, you're not that good. And for you to come out and say that the coach should take responsibility, no, your plan should take responsibility. Because they chose 
to trade Jimmy Buckets for him to go to Miami for you. And you clearly made the team a whole lot worse than what they were when they had Jimmy Butler. Let's think about this for a minute. If Kawhi misses that shot, they're going to another overtime. And who knows what would have happened. But the NBA is a miss or make league. And Kawhi Leonard made the shot. That shot was made to her around the world, literally. Also, D'Antoni gets an assistant coach job with the Brooklyn Nets and Amari Stoudemire is going there. I don't know. Maybe Stoudemire may be a good big man coach. He didn't really have a lot of moves, and he always needed a, a point guard that can get him the ball because clearly he can't do it by himself. I never really thought Amari Stoudemire was really that good. I mean – yeah, he can make plays here and there, but I never thought he was really that good. Like, Steve Nash made him who he was. Then when he got to New York, Raymond Felton made him good. Like, think about think about that. Outside of those two as point guards, what has a more side of my career look like? A below-average player. So, the NBA restarted here. It's December 22nd. Because they want to play on Christmas. And it'll be a 72-game schedule. So, what are you excited to see? For me, I'm excited. Hopefully, there'll be fans in the stands. I'm hoping I could probably go to a Rockets game. Not to root for the Rockets, obviously. But, you know, I mean, just for the, the fandom to be there. I guess we got to wait and see. Um, looking to see, you know, and obviously we can't really form anything until after or decide on who's contending or who has a chance to make some noise in the playoffs until, like I said, until the draft and free agency is done. And then we really won't know anything about teams because it's, it's a 72-game schedule, so we really won't know anything about teams probably till. Mid-February. All right. Before I get to my final thoughts, I got to talk about this. Again, I told y'all that I'm going to talk about who's the greatest of all time in different sports arenas and things like that. So ESPN did a, a bracket of the 64 best players in college basketball, men and women's combined. Number one, I don't think they should have did it that way. I think they should have did a separate one for men and a separate one for women. And... For me, a lot of it is based on <coughs> a lot of it is based on, you know, like how I base it is if you don't have a national championship under your belt, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't advance. But it came out that Jordan was the college was the best college basketball player of all time. And that is so false in so many ways. But because people voted. And they tried to say, well, Jordan got six rings. Well, so does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he's an all-time leading scorer in the NBA. But, you know, we don't talk about that. So here's my opinion. And I think it's more factual than anything. Um, greatest basketball player, college basketball player in men's has to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Lou Alcindor. 
Like, he could have played on any college basketball team and still got three national championships easily. He, he, he was dominating. He was so much so that they didn't want him dunking because he was so dominant. Ain't that something? Now, imagine if that was Bill Walton. Yeah. I'm going to leave that right there. Imagine if it was Bill Walton. Because he played at UCLA too. After after uh, Kareem left. I mean, he was just as good, but he was not better than Kareem. Not even close. So, again, and like I said, with the ESPN bracket that came out, people that were voting were stupid. Like, you got to give credit to the people who paved the way, like Bill Russell, you know, like Wilter Steele, like all these other players. And, again, there's no knock on Jordan, but he wasn't even the best player on this team when he played at UNC. And it, and it actually came down to – it actually came down to Magic. No, I'm sorry, not Magic. Michael Jordan and Larry Bird. And like the 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 bracket system, how they had it was so off. Like, you had Chris Webber going up against Cheryl Miller. Cheryl Miller's was was phenomenal as a women's college player at USC, and she had a whole team. And she has a national championship, something that Chris Webber don't have. Chris Webber don't even have an NBA championship. Wait, I think he do. No, he don't. If he does, it might be with Detroit. But I'm, I'm for certain I don't believe he has one. I might have to look it up. Uh, let's see, who else? They, I mean, like, like how the, how they had the bracket, it was crazy. Like, you had men going up against women. Um, and I, I got to say, the best, greatest women's college basketball player of all time, for me, is, is like a three-way tie. And it's no knock on any other woman in the league, but Cheryl Miller, Deanna Taurasi, and Maya Moore. Like, like, those girls balled. Like, they really balled out. I'm just, like, amazed at their careers. And Candace Parker's good. I give some honorable mentions. Candace Parker was good. Um, Brianna Stewart. Jamaica Hoseclaw. Brittany Griner. I give some honorable mentions. Yeah. Skylar Diggins. Now Skylar Diggins-Smith. Um, for the guys, honorable mentions, Magic Johnson, Grant Hill, Christian Leitner. And we're talking about college, not what they did in professionally. We're talking about college. Yeah. Definitely Christian Leitner and Grant Hill. So, final thoughts, and I'm going to get out of here. We spend our whole lives, you know, obviously trying to be the best person or people we can be. And one of the ways we can do that 
especially for this country, stop dividing with one another. Stop being in a division. Stop being separated from one another. I believe, and I said this before, that if we have conversations with each other, we can learn to love each other. Because even Nelson Mandela said, if they can be taught to hate, they can learn to love. Children are not born to hate each other. Granted, we're born into sin, but we're not born to hate. You can put every ethnic background of children together around the same age, four or five years old, and they'll play with each other, probably try to get to know each other. And there'd be no issue. Maybe unless there's a toy or a Twinkie or something. I don't know. So I'm not saying that we have to have the mind of a little child like 45 does, throws temper tantrums. But we have the mind of a child where, you know, man, we're just trying to have no care in the world, just have fun, do things to play with one another. I know at least that's what I did when I was four or five or six or seven. You know, basketball took off for me. Me wanting to play basketball, me wanting to watch basketball. That kept me intrigued. So let, let's not hate each other. Let's try to love each other. Like, like little children play around with no care in the world. Like my four-year-old has no care in the world. She watches videos on her tablet, and she always puts her feet on my leg or something. Like, like little dude, my 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 leg is is not your 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 footrest. And then she, um, yes it is, daddy. What do you say? So let's let's find a way to stop being separated from one another and find a way to draw closer to one another. I'm not saying y'all have to be the best of friends. Y'all have to invite invite each. Y'all have to invite each other to each other's houses or whatever. Just get along with one another. That's it. You know, have a dream like Martin Luther King. Anyway, this is the Couch Potato. Oh, before I go, shout out to Marcus in the Morning, Marcus Sullivan from Engine Radio. Um, Their song, Shift, his song, well, no, I'm not going to say his song, but the song Shift the Culture is what was played in the beginning of the podcast and it's featuring Derek Minor, the new cool and Eli Lefty. You ever hear that song, man? Check it out. It's called shift the culture. You know, we, we often talk about, and I'm just saying for men rappers, maybe women too. We talk about the money we got, the houses we live, how many females we got, but we never talk about something that's positive, something that's uplifting. So it's time to shift the culture. Anyway, this your boy, Daydrin. It's the Couch Potato Podcast, and I will talk to you all later. Peace.